It's never easy. We good? Yeah. We are here for Spartan Up the Podcast in the middle of the woods, Pittsfield, Vermont, with Ken Lubin. Um, Want me to do it? Yeah, you welcome us here. Okay. Welcome back to Spartan Up the Podcast. Uh, today we will be interviewing a wonderful guy by the name of Ken Lubin. But first I'd like to uh, acknowledge the communist behind the camera, Marion. <laughs> we have You'll understand. Dr. Johnny Waite. We have our dear friend Dave who's now joined us. I'm Sephra and Joe, of course, here at the beautiful Muddies on the Green Mountain Trails. And uh, this guy's really interesting. He... Um, he, he's done a, a really cool thing with networking with uh, executive athletes, and we'll see what he has to say. We are here for Spartan Up the Podcast in the middle of the woods, Pittsfield, Vermont, with Ken Lubin, who runs Landscaping for Love. <laughs> <laughs> the reason that's a funny joke is Ken's been around for a long time while we put on crazy races, Death Race, Agogi here in Vermont, and this staircase that you see and those couple of hundred people down there are fixing the stairs that were built, what, three, four years ago? 2013. 2013 seems like a lifetime ago. We built uh, a one mile long staircase. So that's what we're standing on. And that is retired CSM Frank Grippy screaming in the background. Anyway, we're going to talk about uh, how to become successful with Ken here with Landscaping for Love. Landscaping for Love. I love it. Well, so, remember, we, had, we were like the Egyptians carrying rocks up this hill, up this hill with, and I was talking to Marion about. The head, the headlamps, and watching just white light, and how cool it was. It was, how hard um, it was. It really felt like the Egyptians. Like I thought that night in 2013, I thought I can't even imagine what it was like building the pyramids, but now I can. Now you do, <laughs> right? Using pipes and straps. It That's what we got. These 500 pound oh, rocks. Headlamps. Up it was, it was awesome. Yeah. So anyway, you you run a recruiting business. Yep. And so you talk to thousands of people that are looking for jobs, and then companies that are looking to hire people. And so the whole point of this podcast is um, what makes someone successful? What are the attributes? Um, how could we learn to buckle down and get ahead in life, whether a monk, a nun, a right. mom, right, a business person? And so um, you probably come across these situations a lot where people don't get the job yeah. or an employer says to you, man, I'm really looking for this. Right. Fill me in. You know, the story is everyone's looking for... Hang on one second. What? are you doing up here? Carrying water, water to you. Well, I don't need water. That's what they, they said. Keep coming. <laughs> well, that's What's good. going on, Brian? How are you? Good to see you. <laughs> Landscaping for love. I think, you know, the thing to find the career or to figure out what you want to do is be the guy who does the hard thing. Everyone wants, everyone thinks that they, a job is owed to them, where a job's not owed to them. The job, you go in and you ultimately create your career, where most people are there like, all right, you're hiring me, and then they feel entitled where you don't want to be entitled in today's workforce is that happening more with each generation like was it different 10 15 years ago when you were doing this you know i think i think so but now what you're seeing is people can tell stories better too you know and and it's all about storytelling but i think that entitlement you mean mean the person looking for the job yeah so i think you know the the way to be successful i think to you know to find the right career to find the right position say if you're a cfo cmo or you know, or a somebody line worker. in the lower ranks. Yeah, yeah. lower ranks. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's all the same thing. What should they do? The key to it is do the hard things, do the hard jobs because no one wants to do them. If you're successful at doing the hard jobs, you're going to move up faster, quicker, better than anyone else. I got to get you to come in and talk to our staff because I think that's a good message for any company, right? Right. I think. Um, by the way, I don't know if you do. You ever read the book or hear of a book called The Message to Garcia? No. It's funny. The me- this book that I'm going to talk about ties into everything we do here with right. these races or, or your landscaping business. My landscaping business. 
Um, the Message to Garcia was written in the late 1800s. It sold 80 million copies. And uh, the, the message basically was, um, the President of the United States wanted to stave off a war with Cuba and he needed to get a message to Garcia in Cuba. And so he went to some people, but everybody was like, well, who's Garcia? Where am I going exactly? Can you? And he couldn't take it. He just needed somebody that was going to say, give me the letter. I got it, sir. And he finally finds this guy, Rowan, R-O-W-A-N, and um, Rowan, because back then there weren't airplanes, right. right? Goes through the jungle, swims, fights off alligators to get this message. And, and the message was basically, um, do the hard things. Right. Right? Just, just do the somebody tells things. you to do something, just do it. Right. Well, and you know, in the search business, you know, companies hire us to find the hard, the hard positions. They don't hire us to find the easy guys, right? Right. Because it's, you know, and what you need to do is, in order to you know, in order to get the, the the highest profile, not the highest profile, but the most efficient employee, you know, they have to be willing and driven, you know, to do the job right. I send guys on interviews who walk in with business plans. They solve the problem. They get the job because they've already solved the problem before. So, the so you're saying they they walk in to get a job, but they've gone above and beyond and oh, actually yeah. walk in with a business plan and said, "Sir, not only do I want the job, I right. think I got your solution." Oh yeah. I had one guy who went and learned German. It was with a German company. He went and took a German course for six weeks before he went to interview because he knew he was going to Germany to interview. So he went in there and started talking in German. And he, and he, he got the got job. There. Yeah. It's right. just, you know. Because so, he went above and beyond and the people that are hiring see that. And the people see it and they know that's what's going to happen. No, I mean, we, we have a couple of hundred people working for us just in the New England area. And, um, and we're hiring, as you know right, right now, which is how we got to know each other, aside from your landscaping business. <laughs> <laughs> is... Um, I, what do I say to you? I say, I need an animal. Right. Right. But that, I, I'm probably not unique. I mean, anybody that calls you probably says, find me somebody with passion, right. resiliency, grit. And that's right? what they're all looking for, right? right. The, you know, the question is, everyone wants that, but the leaders don't necessarily have that. So then sometimes you find that person for the leader and the leader gets scared because they're like, oh my God, this guy's going to take my job. So then the person doesn't get the role. So you got to, you know, got you got to, it, it's got all it. about culture. One of the things I do whenever I talk to anyone is I, get, I find out who they really are as a person. You know, I don't find out, you know, I don't want to find out. If I'm talking to you, you can do the job. Look at the spider. We can put it in the landscape. <laughs> this is a gritty, resilient spider that's doing the hard thing. He wanted to get in the podcast. Right. So, no, like I was going back, um, no, I totally lost my train of thought. No, you're, say, you're saying that um, you find out the culture. Oh, the culture, yeah. yeah. So you find out the culture. If this, the, per, the hiring manager loves to drive Ferraris, and you get a guy who loves to drive Ferraris, they're going to work well together. A right. guy who's an Iron Man is going to hire the guy who's the Iron Man. The right. person who is a computer hacker is going to hire the guy who's a computer Got hacker. Got it. So culture is just it's as key. important. You know, and, and, and I think that's more important than matching up. You know, I think there's a lot of that type of stuff is, you know, culture is a fit, doing the hard things. And just be willing to work your ass off. You know, people so, aren't willing to work so their when ass you, off. So when you um, go in to get a job, because we're going to give people advice here. When you go in to get a job, you probably, should you talk about, like, vacation time? No. You should have talked about <laughs> vacation time. Right. You should talk about, you know, I'm on 24-7. We're in a world of 24-7, you know, type work. But, but um, you know, when I was uh, building my first business uh, years ago, I'm talking about 30 years ago, um, I ran into some Polish guys. And they never asked about vacations. They never asked about days off. They never complained. All they said was, can I get more hours? Right. And, and when I tell our young people that, they get a little put off because they're saying, oh, well, that's ridiculous. We're not going to come in earlier and we're not going to stay later. And, and I don't, I shouldn't, ha I'm not even asking for that. Right. Like as the boss, you just want to see, like you want to look around and say, oh, that, 
that person stayed a little later, right? right? That person got here a little earlier, like, like we're in the woods. I would imagine the tree that grows one inch taller probably gets the sunlight. Exactly. Right? Well, and, and there's a study, there was just a study last week, 40% of people in the workforce can't describe what they do. Wow. So, you know, how crazy is that? Wow. So 40% of the people who are doing a role can't describe what they do. Wow. So how much, how much waste, billions and trillions of dollars are being wasted because you're just hiring people to hire people. And they don't know, know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. You know, so I think that's the rise of the startup. You're starting to see more and more startups because people know what they're doing. Right. They can create, you know, they can create apps and brands faster, quicker, better than they've ever done before. I was just in Singapore and I was with um, somebody at a large corporation. For whatever reason, in Singapore, there's a lot of the Fortune 100 uh, executives are, are there and in, in, in rolling out Asia. And this guy had 108,000 people working for him. And he said, yeah, we're cutting 22,000 people. And I said, um, well, I would imagine revenue is going to go down. He goes, no, it won't affect revenue at all. We'll be fine. Right. And I was like, you'll get rid of 22,000 people and it won't affect anything. He goes, no, we just get too fat. It's just we go through cycles, right? Things are going well. You yep. hire a bunch of people and then you cut people. And what that says to me is um, everything you're talking about, right? Like, like uh, somehow people end up in an organization and they must not be doing much. Right. Because if they were really killing it, you can't get rid of them. Like, you can't get rid of them. You can't get rid of them. And so I think our job as employees is to become so invaluable that you're not one of those 22,000. There's a book called Lynchpin by Seth Godin, which talks about that. If you become the linchpin of the organization, you're invaluable. You have your own career. You can name your price wherever you want to go. Right. You know, and there's so a, how, do you, how do you become that linchpin? You know, you, you got to... It's your landscaping business. Yeah, here's my landscaping business. Guys, what are you doing? I hope you're not sitting still while you listen. If you are, you better get a burpee break in. So, turn that on. You got it on? Are you uh, good? We're on. Yeah, no, and I think being the linchpin is, you know, be the invaluable employee. You know, not everyone's going to be the number one guy. You know, be number one at being the number two guy or the number two person. Right. If you're the number one at being the number two person, you're going to have a career for the rest of your life. I am... Um, I mean, you're, you're telling it from your perspective, which is the, the hiring perspective, right? And I'm telling it from my perspective in, in running a company. Um, there is no downside. Our, our, our famous uh, camera person, Marion, was just talking about the possible downside to being the linchpin and that you just keep getting the work and you don't, but she's part communist. <laughs> um, um, I, I would say there's no downside as a boss. Like you, you notice those people and you do not want to lose them. Right. Right. Now you do lose some people that are hard workers and they think they were linchpins, but in actuality they weren't because you don't lose a linchpin. No, you never lose a linchpin. Right. Unless you go to run another business with that linchpin exactly, or you go do right. something different, right. right? And I think, or you're a hired gun, you know, unless you're a hired mercenary to come in to do certain roles as sure. well. But no, so I think, you know, the success in the career from, you know, is being a linchpin, being valuable, in, not know that you can't be fired. You know, be so, willing so, to work. So walk people through a step by step. They just got to, they just got to, they're on, they're, they're going in for an interview. Right. What should they do? First thing, do, do your homework. You know, if you don't do your homework, you're, you're screwed. You know, so find, find out, out, find out the person you're being interviewed yes. by, find out the comp, everything about the company. Find, you can find out more information about people now than ever with LinkedIn, with Facebook, with Google. Right. You should, there's no reason why you shouldn't know everything about the person you're going into. If, the, if you're working with a recruiter and they don't tell you who you know, you're going to meet with, that's you know, the recruiter's fault, but number one. But number two, still do your homework because you know who you're gonna, go, you're gonna go meet with. Number two, just don't, 
don't be dumb. You know, know how to get there. Give yourself enough time. Don't be late. You know, there's somebody, said, somebody said to me once, uh, on time is late. Well, on time is late, and late is, or early is on time. Right. So, so be on time. Do your homework. Now you're in the interview. Right. Just build rapport. You know, the first thing, you know, the first interview is always a first date. That's what I always say to everyone. It's a first date. You know, you're, you're not going to get you're not going to get the job on the first interview. You have to build rapport with the hiring manager or the hiring team that you're going to meet with. And then, you know, then you come back and say, hey, you know, what are we going to do to come back for an, you know, the next interview? What are we going to do to get, you know, or ask the question is, is there anything I need to do to come back for the next interview or to get the job? And then go do your homework and then come back there. And as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, um, you might not always get the job, even if you're good, right? And you do your homework. Oh, yeah. But you should be so amazing that they might recommend you to somebody else. Right. Right? So when you said build rapport, I'm a big believer in the network. Right. right? You want to build a giant network yep. in life, right? You want to, I almost view a network like you're putting money in the bank. Mm -hmm. Don't ask for anything. Help as many people as you can. Um, somebody, somebody that interviewed with me didn't get, just didn't fit, didn't get the job, and they were pretty good, but then they sent me something, right? And they wrote a note, or, or they helped me out later. And it's like, wow, that guy's putting money into the network. Right. When, when something comes up in my mind later, that's the guy I'm going to call. I can't tell you how many guys I've sent on interviews who end up doing deals with people who never got the job. They right. end up doing business together because they, they, you know, they follow up and say, well, you know what, not the right guy, but here, this is the type of business I'm doing, and let's do business together down the road. Sure. You know, so interviews are almost like sales calls as well. Because it's not, you know, it's it's just the beginning. It's not the end. Even if you don't get the role, it's something that's gonna, you know, you're gonna continue to network with down the road. I find a lot of people. I don't know if you do that. Um, that don't understand the power of the network. No, network is key. Networks, you know, you gotta talk to everyone. You know, right. there's a lot of people that say, you know, say, be confident and say no to things. I'm just the opposite. I say yes to everything. I take, take you know, every I meeting. take every phone call. Yeah. I take every call. Take every meeting. If someone's like, you know. We, you're going to be in New York next week. That's an influence. Yeah, I'm going to be in New York next week. You right. know, that type of stuff. Don't be afraid to jump on a train or jump on a plane to go meet with someone that could be... But so, you know, and a lot of crew. people out there listening are going to say, oh, you might waste a lot of time. You're not wasting any time. Because just the fact to make the effort to go do it. I have made key. more money in my life from people that were just connected with me. It made no sense whatsoever that I had that meeting. Right. And then something came back later and it was like, oh my God, I'm so glad I met that person. Right. Well, you know, ideas are, you know, ideas are things, right? You know, an idea, I just read this the other, the other day, an idea will come to you, and if you don't act on it, it's going to go to someone else. That's interesting. So the idea is it'll carry, it'll come to you. It's like when you see an invention. Oh, I had a thought for an invention, but then you see it on made for TV. You, you, know, didn't, you didn't do anything to, about You it. didn't do anything about it. The idea right. went to someone else. Right. And it's sort of the same thing about your network. If you ever play solitaire on a computer, I think every card is a move. There's always a move for that card. Every person you talk to is a move, right? right? So what can, what can you do to help them in their life or what can they do to help you, you know, down the road? So every, every person you come in contact, these guys here, you know, what, what type, what's the next move? You know, you talk to a guy who's from Tampa. Next thing you know, it's like someone's like, hey, I want to train for the Agoji in Tampa. You know, and you go find the guy and like, here's his email. Sure. Right? You know, talk to this and guy. And you find out he's doing business and stuff. Yeah, and, you're and doing that's business what it's all about. Right. So, you know, and, life, and life is short, so the more connections you could make, the more likely you're going to hit... You're going to be successful. A double, a triple, maybe right. a home run, right. right? And I have no problem hitting singles all day long, right. you know, but you know, you're going to hit a home run eventually. 
So it's, you know, you don't have to go in and become CEO initially. You know, I think that's the problem with the newer generation and the millennials. They think they're going to be CEO tomorrow. What about, they, they talk about uh, leaving jobs often, the, new, the millennials. Like they do a year, two years, they want to bounce around. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's becoming project-based. But the same things are happening on the other side. Companies, there's no loyalty to the employees, so people aren't becoming loyal to the companies. You know, I think that's really what's starting to happen. Got you know, it. In whereas sort of whereas in the economy, 70s, it was, right. you're, you're a lifer. You're a lifer. Where it's totally different nowadays. You know, there's no loyalty. You know, you own your career, someone else owns your job. Right. And I think if you, if you realize that and know that, all right, I'm going to be the best project manager, I'm going to be the best headhunter, I'm going to be the best CEO, you know you're going to go, you know, wherever you're going to go, you're going to be successful. You're going to be good. What, um, do you think people don't get political capital if they're bouncing around like that? Like, isn't there, isn't there a value? Yeah, there's a value. Yeah, there's a value. But, you know, now you're starting to see, you know, three, four years. I actually just talked to um, SVB at Global Sales for a big medical device company the other day and he sits down every two and a half years to evaluate his career he doesn't move right. but every two and a half years he sits down and says all right what moves do i need to make in order to go to the next level and he's yeah. like you know i want to be a you know i want to be a ceo of a fortune 200 company in the next five years right and so, so what do i have to do what do i have to do to get there right you know so it's people spend more time planning their vacations than they do planning their career right and it's you know it's of course you're going to go left right and you know sort of shake there's no straight line to success there's no straight line in a career but i think you know if you go in and you you know you're passionate about what you want to do and you know learn the most thing mo be, learn be as valuable, much you can be passionate right. build a network and educate yourself right most people don't educate themselves they go home and sit down and watch tv every night you sure. can't do that you know you gotta you know build your linkedin profile build your own brand you know i tell everyone now is build a brand, build Joe DeSena the brand, build sure. Ken Lubin the brand, because that's what people are buying. They're not buying right. Joe DeSena at Spartan because down the road, who knows if Joe DeSena will be Spartan. Well, no. all right, you ready? Yeah. So one of the things I was just thinking is what if, what if you're not in a place where you want to be, right? You get that a lot. I, we talked to, uh, oh, hang on, this is Frank. Um, hey Frank, uh, just checking on you, keeping these guys going, right? I need, I need about another 10 minutes. Yeah, we're, we're starting to slowly move them down and keep them on the stairs, Joe. Copy that. All right, so um, what about, there's so many people I come in contact with um, through Spartan Race uh, where people are not happy where they right. are, right? And they're kind of lost and they don't know how to get, it's not as easy as just getting an interview. No, not at all. So, so what do you do then? I think the key is, and everyone says, go work, you know, find your passion and work your passion. I think that's, that's a hard thing to do because, you know, if you're an artist or whatever, it's hard to just go get an artist job and make a living, right? Sure. You can't do that. So I think what you're going to do, you know, you're going to find something that allows you to pursue your passion and be willing to, you know, to understand that, you know, yeah, you need to work. My mother gave me this great thing, this great, uh, this great quake gr growing up great quote growing up she said if you don't know what you want to do go make as much money as possible because then you'll have the ability to do what you want to do that's interesting and yeah. i think you know and i sort of took it to heart because it allows you to then pursue your dreams outside of your work you know most people work eight to ten hours a day there's 14 other hours in a day to do stuff right. you don't need to watch football games you don't need to watch sitcoms at night you don't need to watch you know reality tv you don't need to do any of that because you could be learning. You could be learning more. Okay, I want to become more passionate. I love art. 
well, go build yourself a website. Start building yourself. Start building your own brand. Right. You know, behind that. And well, that's that what you were saying. That's what you were saying before. A personal brand. Um, I can't tell you how many people we didn't hire just because I didn't. I didn't like the shirt they were wearing or whatever. Right. And that's as trite as that sounds, ridiculous as it sounds. That created a brand in my eye that just didn't fit our brand. Right. Right. So. Yeah. So. To your point earlier about researching the company, maybe you could do you recommend that, like research how oh, they yeah. dress, what they look right. like, how oh, they totally. sound. Yeah, you, you can find out. In. You can find out more about a company nowadays than you ever could before. Right. You know, you can go on to any web. You know, you, again, use LinkedIn, use Facebook. Everyone puts their employer. Everyone puts their job. Go in and you know search Spartan and find out you know the three hundred people that are you know at Spartan and look at what they do. Sure. You know, or look, you know, look at their pictures. How are they dressed? How are they, you know, how do they act? Look at their profiles. What do they do outside of work? You know, that's the type of stuff that you want to connect with. Sure, sure. You know, because, and then Google them because a lot of people have their own websites. A lot of people have, you know, they have things on the side that they do, you know, that's highly interesting. You know, what, um, to. for people listening, like I, I just was never really excited about heavy drinking. I mean, I did it to enjoy the party with everybody right. else. I didn't like the taste. I didn't do it. That's not necessarily a brand you want. No. Right? It's fine. Your buddies, right. you're all got. Like, you and I happen to find fitness. Right. And and um, I don't know. I think that's a positive brand, right? Oh, it's Education. Totally. Pos- like, so you want to be known as somebody who's studious, who's hardworking, who's athletic. Right. Who, right? And on, constantly be learning. You know, one of the things, you know, I remember in a transition in my life, you know, I had no idea where to go. And I saw the Tony Robbins you know on tv i was like you know what i'll go buy the tony robbins cd and then it just it gives you a plan you know most people just don't have a plan right. and that's all you need is just you know just to have it articulated real quick be like all right here's here's a plan of what i need to do sure and then you know what to do because you people come out of school they're told what to do guys you know who are on football teams and you know you're on team sports you're always told what to do you come out into the real world no one's telling you what to do Right. right, so you got to sort of figure out your own path. Right, it's almost like you had floaties on for 18 years yeah. and you were swimming, and then right. somebody throws you in the ocean. And good in a, luck in a storm. And that's exactly what it is, right? right. In 20, you know, so what are you going to do? How are you going to figure it out? You know, you may not have gone, you know, to a top school, and you don't have the network to leverage. You know, how are you going to, you know, how are you going to be better than the, you know, the next guy? Right, you know, those are the things you have but, you to know, be thinking uh, about. You know, and one last thought on that, and then and then we'll wrap it up. But um, I'll tell you, the best employees I ever had were not highly educated. No. I know. They're just animals. Yeah. And, and the, the saying I use, they were f- willing to fight for milk every day. Because right. you, you, if they have the attributes, the hard work, the honesty, the integrity, the passion, you can teach them anything. You can teach them anything. Right? Right. You point them in a the direction, they're going to go. As opposed to Harvard MBA that doesn't have passion, that's right. not hard work, and that, right? Yeah, it's that sense of entitlement. You know, you want a guy who went to state school and had to pay for school going through the whole thing. Yeah. You know, and knows that. And fights for milk. Yeah, and he came out of school and he went to sell copiers at Xerox and, you know, was cold calling every single day up and down the streets in New York. Those are the types of guys. That's what you, you want. Know, that, that's or girls. Want. Or yeah. guys, girls. Yeah. Guys and, yeah, and a non. People. And people, exactly. <laughs> but that's the type of, you know, and we don't teach that anymore. We don't teach grit. We don't teach that toughness. Yeah. And I remember when I first started getting the recruiting business, it was just cold calls. Here's a list of phone numbers. Just start that calling people. That is hard people. to do, isn't it? And we were just, just sit there. Just somebody dialing. hangs up on oh, you. Yeah. And just but it over makes you and tough. Over and and over. It's like, all right, that's yeah. just part of the job. Like, I'm going to face resistance. Somebody's going to hang up on me, but I'm going to keep doing it right. until they don't hang up on me. Right. And you know, I've, I've got this famous quote. You know, people people always say, oh, "I'm working so hard," and I say, "Here, show me your hands." I love like, 
I love you're that. not working that hard. <laughs> I love that. That's good. Right. Because, right. you know, those guys, the guys who work digging ditches, the guys who are building hard. building, they're working hard. Sure. You know, you're sitting on a, you know, computer or phone. Yeah, mentally you're working hard, but, you know, physically, yeah. you know. It could always you know, be worse. It could always be worse. Yeah. You know, and we live in a society, you know, where, you know, a lot of, you know, you're fortunate to do what we do, but it's, um, don't be, you know, it, it could, all, number one, it could always be worse. And number two, you always have to remember that someone is working harder than you. Yeah, good. But all You're right. an animal. Good, good stuff. stuff. I'm going to go get a job. <laughs> so, yeah, kind of a neat anecdote with Ken Lubin. So, I first met Ken here at the death race in 2011. The reason I found Ken is because my cousin from Canada sent me a message. He said, you got to find a guy named Ken Lubin. He'd never met him, but his friend had said, oh, I know a guy doing that as well. And just that power of networking that um, the one name that came up was Ken Lubin. Obviously, he's onto something. Yeah, we don't we don't talk about it enough. We got to start talking about it more. The power of the network. Um, I think I think it, it'll take your life 10x, mm -hmm. right? That's a that's a buzzword, right? How do you, how do you go 10x? And um, I've always taken every meeting. As you know, I take every phone call. The most unlikely connections uh, a breakfast meeting in Hong Kong that leads me to a meeting in Shanghai that somehow gets me a partner in India, yeah. right? Um, and, and so people don't normally do that. They don't have time. It doesn't fit their schedule. Ken uh, subscribes to this idea that, no, you reach out to everybody if they're like-minded. You get to know them. I mean, he sends us um, hires for Spartan. He doesn't charge us anything. And I said to him uh, during the interview, or just before the interview, why, why do you do that? And he said, I'm just building my network. Like, everybody knows that I'm able to get them jobs. I get more phone calls. I win. Do you remember uh, Spartan Race UK? Uh, yes. You and I were in the tent, and there's a big Indian family, and they want to get a picture with you? Yes. And you said, so tell me what you guys do. And they, it was Tata Motors? Tata Motors. And they got you a connection? Oh, in, oh, India. Oh, in India. In India. Incredible. Just by asking All that question, in right? in 12 seconds. Yeah, yeah. Right? It, it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. All they wanted was a picture. You ask one question, suddenly you've got a connection with Tata Motors in India. Yeah. But the cool thing with that, and that's what people don't get about networking, people think networking is about consumption, that they're going to go and they're going to meet somebody there's going to be something in it for them. Right. And uh, and I like what Ken talks about. You don't go into a job interview and ask about what the vacation time is, right? It's not right. about you. It's what you can contribute. So there, you ask them a question about them, and that's what that's what made that connection. It's not that you go in and say, "Hey, my name's Joe Sin, Blah 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 blah. Right. You know, it's 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 actually uh, interacting with people in an intelligent <laughs> way. My dad used to say to me, um, "You when you meet people, you have to immediately find out what you can do for them." Yep. Right. And so then you start thinking, "Oh, right, I don't." I don't do that, but I guess I'll figure out a way to do it yeah, because exactly. um, that'll be helpful to them and, and helpful to me. Jay Jackson. I yeah. think, uh, again, like um, the networking idea, ecologically speaking, is like that idea of sharing nutrients. Joe, one of the first times I ever met you, I told you about the mycelial network that is like how the mushrooms propagate underneath our soil. And what they do is they create this massive network where they actually bioaccumulate all the nutrients and they share it amongst all the plants. So they're taking what one plant has and what the tree needs. And you're and, calling other people communist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a liberal Canadian. ecologist. <laughs> no, but it's true. It's true. The whole the whole idea of networking, like the aspen grows are the biggest larging living, living organisms on the planet. It's like, it's not what can you take, it's what can you give and how can you share, which benefits the overall health of your environment. Absolutely. Of course. What's our so philosophy major have to say? Yeah, Dave DeLuca, oh, well, our new guest. I don't really have a philosophical insight for this one. I just have my own experience with networking. Uh, I love networking personally because it got me to this spot right here. Yep. Uh, four or five years ago, I was dating someone who knew someone at her church who happened to know Joe's brother-in-law. 
uh, randomly. And at the time I was looking for an internship and I put that out there. And a week later I got a call from this guy over here uh, asking me to do some research. And now five years later, here I am. So that would be an example of why not to network. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, but with, with that though, and that, that's a great thing, when you're talking about, um, uh, I, go, I go back to an interview we did with Charlie Brenneman and the idea about that he was willing to come here and, and contribute and not immediately look for something back. And we talked about the importance of that. And I'm guessing that that first interview with Joe, not the interview, that first conversation with Joe did not end with, and I'd like to pay you. It led to, here's something I'd like you to do, and you did it. And that's like, you know, my, my first, uh, the first work I did with you um, was around Spartan X. And yeah. it was about the, the coaching, how we're going to put together um, this program, program. and um, and 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 chairing a bunch of meetings with these guys who went on to, to create this incredible program, yeah. and that didn't lead to direct employment, but that led to something else, and something else where I ended up working with Spartan for years. Sure. And um, but but again, when you're networking, it's not the immediate payoff of I'm trying to network to get something right now. And like Ken, he's not looking for the payoff today. He's saying it's way more valuable to me to keep building this network. But Ken, but and Ken's like, going like your even... first interaction there, it led to this incredible thing because you didn't right there say, cool, Joe, and here's how much I'm going to charge you per hour and here's what I need from yeah. you. Mm-hmm. It was cool. How can I contribute? I think I think that's a massive part of networking. You don't you don't start out with an ask or a need. You like send a thank you note. You you know send a happy birthday. You 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 build a little bit of a relationship, and then when when the time comes along, when there is something that you want to do. Then, then it's not just always every communications and ask. I bet if I charted on the <laughs> wall um, all the people that work with us, and and like we got a woman that works with us now, twelve years she's running the UK for us, for example. Oh, I how, heard she used to be how, here. Yeah, how they ended up in those positions, like you just talked about from Spartan X or David Luca, it's usually from those really um, good uh, moments yeah. where people do the right thing. Yep. And and um, but it's not just with me. It's 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 anywhere, right? How do you get to um, the CEO of some large Fortune 100 company? Talk to Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Tim Ferriss will tell you, like, go to a charity and just give yeah. and give as much as you can and help as much as you can. You're around big people, important people, and before you know it, you become friends and they consider you invaluable. And yep. but but Ken goes into this idea of um, interviewing. Same idea, right? Uh, do your research. Go in there. Talk about them. Don't worry about yourself. Don't worry about vacation time. Don't worry about. Mm. I remember I had these um, Eastern Europeans working for me. <laughs> Your favorite. My favorite employees. Ever. And um, they never asked about any of that stuff that everybody asked about. They just wanted more hours. Just yeah. give me more hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were just animals, right? Fighting for milk. Yeah. And so um, anyway, I don't know where I'm going, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you where we're going. We're going out <laughs> to uh, Spartan Up Podcast. Make sure you check us out on iTunes. Check us out on YouTube. Um, I, I like to mention too, a lot of people listen to this and it's worth going to YouTube now and then and watching it. You get to put some faces to the voices. And, um, and, and you see Muddy's. Yeah, that, you get to see this incredible place. And, it's uh, pretty you, incredible. And I, I also want to acknowledge you don't always get to see Marion behind the camera. does a fantastic yeah. job. Thank you so much. Uh, communist. Our little communist. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another epic story of success. We hope you enjoy the episode. To find more show notes, audio, and video, please visit us at SpartanUpPodcast.com. The Spartan Up Podcast is brought to you by Spartan. To find a race near you, visit Spartan.com. Spartan.